You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 125 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne, joined shortly by my normal co-hosts, Johnny Cullen and Connor Hurley once they get their shit sorted out. But uh, once again, returning to uh, help right the ship is none other than from the Instigator podcast, Ryan Jury. Jury, how are you? I'm good, man. I, I don't know how much writing of the ship I'm going to be able to do for you, but I mean, you know, it's always a pleasure to be on. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, last time we went, we were live, you, you were on with us then too. So um, always, always fun to have you on, Ryan. Um, and a lot to talk about, a lot to kind of like, uh, you know, digest or unfold or however you, whatever the correct terminology is, but um, it's uh literally a for the lack of better terms a nightmare circus for buffalo sabers fans in the finals like it's it's literally a, a walking talking nightmare uh you know jack eichel versus sam reinhardt you have five former sabers playing in the in the finals but none of them are more polarizing than them two uh obviously you know not to understate it but brandon montour obviously had a phenomenal season for the fuller panthers uh had a good having a good playoff uh, and there's a few others in there too, but notably at the top of the list is none other than Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I thought when I woke up this morning, I for sure was going to open up Twitter and I was going to be absolutely getting nailed to the cross because for the past 365 days, if you were to put my hockey tweets into a pie chart, there was a very big section dedicated to Jack Eichel and just finding any reason, way, shape, or form to sh- shit on Jack Eichel. And I thought for sure I was going to eat, you know, eat it today. But, you know, I guess the Vegas fans in Las Vegas, they let me down because I, I got into war of, a war of words with plenty of them over the past year. And they let me down because I thought for sure I was going to have to uh, eat some crow. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I don't know if they're just too busy enjoying the hot, hot heat down there or if they're just too excited about their second Stanley Cup finals appearance in their, what is cool. this, their fifth year of existence, their sixth year, I guess. I, like, it, it, it's outrageous what they've done down there and give yeah. them a lot of credit and I know you. I know you don't want to do this, but I mean, you know, give give old Jackie boy uh, a lot of credit too. I mean, oh. I can pl- I can perfectly understand like the you know uh, from a Sabres fans mentality of like feeling 
very spurned by the guy, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I don't think that I'm super surprised that he finds himself in this position. He's on a really good team. And also like everybody already knew the guy was an incredibly talented player. Like he didn't go second overall for no reason. And when healthy is quite clearly one of the more talented players in the league. And, you know, I, I think that no matter what happens in the cup final and for the rest of his career, he will be looked back on as one of the weirdest narratives in terms of just a star player, maybe ever in NHL history. Like it's just such a bizarre thing. The, the hot star reviving hope in Buffalo, people thinking that he was going to be, you the know, answer. the savior of the franchise and then the injury and then the really weird back and forth saga between Sabres ownership management and he and his agent about his neck. He ends up getting traded and getting the um, the not well known neck procedure where he had that fake disc inserted into his vertebrae. Yep. Like it, it's just such a weird thing to look back on and he like if he wins a stanley cup i think it's only gonna kind of add to the wonky roller coaster narrative of his career it's it really is bizarre however all that said um and i and unfortunately i do think that he is gonna win that stanley cup um, no, 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 I can not, understand. We're well, not starting the show off with that shit. No. Well, I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I, you know, this uh, this relationship built on honesty, isn't it? I, uh, I, I just think that the fairy tale might be coming to a, a bittersweet end for the Florida Panthers, as good as they are and as deserving as they are to be here. I do think Vegas is just deeper than them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be a great final. You say deeper, but I mean, I look up and down the Panthers depth. I mean, they have a good team lines one through four. I mean, Sam Ryan, do. I, third line. I, I'm not debating that. Yeah. Like they're in the Stanley cup final, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the Oh six Edmonton Oilers with, you know, Fernando Pisani on, the weirdest heater of all time, maybe, you know, like it's not, let's not talk about 2006. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Buffalo's. Yeah. Sorry. Cousin Chris. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, you know, I, they, they are a really good team and like, let's, let's be perfectly frank here. Like they do have a goaltender who, when he's on, I still think is one of the best goalies and best best athletes in the world, like Sergei Bobrovsky. So like if Florida wins, which is entirely possible, they're one of two teams standing. Of course they could win. I yep. just don't, I'm not going to put my money on it in this series. However, if they do win, there's a, there's a, a narrative that's just as wonky on the other side in a guy that won two Vesna trophies playing for Columbus and was by far the best goalie in the league in both those years that he won. And in between those years that he won those Vesnas had not very good stats. 
then went to Florida at the end, performed not well, and then gets into these playoffs and turns into like the second coming of Tim Thomas. It's like, it's bizarre. And, and, and I don't think that anybody should be surprised just like with, with Jack Eichel. I don't think that anybody should be surprised. Like I've seen people having to take, like, where did this come from? Like, I'm like, where, where did this come from? I said, the guy won two vets in a trophies. Like, I think that if he ends up leading his team to a Stanley cup, and if Florida wins, like as much as I love Matthew Kachuk and everything he's all about, like Bobrovsky has to be the Con Smythe winner. Like for for the quadruple overtime performance alone, yeah. Let alone all of the other stuff that he did in stymieing the best regular season team of all time, a very potent Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. And then look what they did in the conference finals to yes, an injured Carolina Hurricanes. And, They're still in the conference final. And mind um, you, and mind you, when we talk about that that series against Boston, he did not go in as a starting goalie. No, he didn't. Like no. whether you want to say he's now playing with a chip on his shoulder, or it is not an easy situation for any goalie to come in, lose the starting job at the end of the season when your team just kind of. Re- rallied around this kid Lions who just you know, kind of came out of nowhere uh and really you know Buffalo fell victim to as well victim to him as well uh actually you know had that had we been able to pull that one out Buffalo would have been the one to make the playoffs not Florida uh but um and then to kind of get your you know say hey you know I know I know we thought that you know it was him over you to start these playoffs we need you now and then I've, I've been kind of saying his journey throughout his career, like has not been without obstacles and struggle. Like he has oh, had to come over a lot of adversity throughout his career, you know, Col- coming out of Columbus, signing that huge contract with Florida, you know, um, you know, have, having to live up to that contract, which I mean, I don't care what you say. If they if they win a Stanley Cup here, he could have like the worst, however many years is left on his contract. He could absolutely shit himself for the rest of that contract. It was worth every penny for a Florida Panther fan if you would come out of this with a cup, and a big reason for it being Bobrovsky. Uh, of course, of course, you know what it I mean? is. And I and I am not. And I, you've probably been on shows where I've said this before. I am not on the side of paying goalies more than six million a year. I'm just not, I just, you know, they have to be a special breed and you have to catch them at a certain point in their career where they're entering their prime. Like we've talked about it last time you were on about Connor Hellebuck. Do you pay that guy eight, $9 million a year to be your starting goalie after, you know, yeah, after this next season? I mean, for me, I don't, I just don't. And I, I, I just, I'd much rather use that money elsewhere. Um, because I think that you have that next Connor Hellebuck and that right now in Devin Levi, and it just doesn't make much sense to me. But for other teams, I mean, even even so, like I, I feel like you always, should always try and catch that goalie at the right point in their career, not after they're 30 years old, because you're not getting their best years. I mean, for the most part, you would think you're probably not getting their best years after 30. You've already seen their best years at that point in their career. 
Yeah, it depends who it is, right? Because like the really special goalies and really you could say this basically about any position, um, the, the, there's the really special dudes that can just take a ton of abuse and just keep on cranking it out. But, you know, like for every Marty Brodeur and, you know, Patrick Waugh out there, I mean, well, I mean, Waugh might even be a bad example, right? Because he, he retired earlier than people figured he would, but he had, yeah. he had just he just had enough. There was nothing else for him in his mind to accomplish. And I agree. Um, but for every, for every one of those guys, um, there's a hundred goalies that, you know, get worn down, can't handle the rigors. You could argue at points that Bobrovsky's one of those guys, like he's gone through plenty of injuries in his career yep. too. Like I know a lot of criticism about him and they've talked about it in these playoffs on, on the different panels depending on who you're watching, you know, TNT, mostly in the States. And then, um, you know, hockey in Canada up here, like they pointed out, I know Kelly Rudy certainly has just like how much weight this guy loses uh, during a game and that he has had hydration issues in the past. And he's not a very big guy. Like he is slight, like he is a thin, thin man. Um, he, he really, really is. And, and the, the criticism of him, if I guess you want to call it that at times. And look, like my my cousin had him in Columbus, loved him, uh, and, and just said he almost kind of works too hard. Like he he works himself sometimes to the point of over-exhaustion. Like he's so meticulous about the every little movement he makes in net. And like you would think most goalies are like that, but it's almost like to a freakish point with him where like you don't see a lot of goalies that like stay out hours after practice just moving around and he would yeah. and like that contributes over a season to a lot of wear and tear and like if he finds himself in a hole he's really overworking it yeah. um but yeah he's gone through plenty of struggle i mean keep in mind like the start of his career in philly where you know that's a goalie graveyard and he kind of caught people's eye there but they didn't want to keep him and he ends up moving and yeah like he's had a really interesting career honestly though like i think that he because of the price tag associated with him now and um you know the amount of time it's been since he last won a vesna i think that if florida ends up winning the cup and certainly if he uh, if they do i just feel he has to be the con Smythe winner i kind of think he's probably bookmarked himself as a first ballot hall of famer you look at okay i, I was actually gonna wait for you i was hoping you were gonna get to that point you look at his numbers in his career right now he's 360 wins 207 losses with a career 915 save percentage 261 goals against everybody. even though i don't think that tells the whole story because he's played on a lot of struggling hockey teams he has um teams that were in the midst of a rebuild you know his first two years in philly he went 28 and 13, 14 and 10 his second year. Uh, you know, and then Columbus, he went on, had like a great two, three, four, five, six year run with Columbus. Uh, you know, he had, let me see, one, two, three, four, five 30 win seasons, one 40 win season in there. Like, and, and then he co comes to Florida on the midst of that huge contract and he struggles. He struggles his first, uh, I wouldn't say struggles his first season, 23 19 record. Then he goes 19 and eight, uh, you know, thir actually 39 and seven. Yeah, like the president's stroke. That's nuts. 39 and seven. 
he here's the thing about him too right it's like on those teams so like better than a 500 record on okay philly teams and then some columbus teams that had a good collection of mid-tier talent then they end up getting panarin but on all those columbus teams i would venture to say basically every year even when Duchesne was there, Panarin was there, Seth Jones was there, Wierenski. Mm-hmm. I think he was the best player on all those rosters. He was. Like, he, he at times... Those teams aren't winning dragged. teams. They're Rovsky. Yeah, dude. No way. A hundred percent. They, like, they were good teams. Like, really solid teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but not without him. Like, he was absolutely the spine of those teams. Like I, I just think that um was he there in the Tortorella years? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Talk about having a coach that hates goalies. <laughs> like well, and and he was basically forced to love him, wasn't he? Because yep. he was so damn good. Like, you yep. know, I remember like talking to my cousin about that and him basically being like, Torts just kind of leaves him alone. Yeah. Why yep. wouldn't he just leave him alone? Like th- yep. if it ain't broke, like you know, you just leave him like it's he is unheralded because of where he's played. Uh, if he played in a bigger market, if he you know, when he was leaving Columbus, everybody kind of heard him and Panarin both wanted to go to like the East Coast. Yeah. And there were a lot of rumors teams. about about them, you know, potentially landing in New York, maybe Together, with the yeah. Islanders, the rain. So, you know, like if he was playing in a bigger hockey market. Like, he would be a huge superstar. Um, And he is a huge superstar. But I think that he gets looked over a little bit sometimes just because a lot of traditional hockey fans don't really give a lot of credence to what goes on, you know, down in the Sun Belt. But when somebody's this good, I mean, it's just hard to ignore. Look at what Kachuk's done on on his team. Like, everybody's aware of who Kachuk is. Absolutely. And people should remind themselves like just how good Sergei Bobrovsky actually is. And honestly, like you read his numbers off, like there are guys with worse stats in the hall of fame. Yep. So, and there's guys with worse stats that don't have the two Vesnas. So well, he's, he's 11 man, and two, he's 11 and two in the playoffs, 221 goals against a 935 per save percentage. And some people might look at those numbers, the 221. It's like, oh, you've seen goalies in the playoffs with lower GA. Sure, okay, you have. The point you have. But did they have to go through the but greatest he's in the Stanley team? Cup final? Yeah. In the Stanley Cup. But did they have to go through? Did they have to literally in the first round as a wild card team, the second wild card team, go through the greatest team in NHL history? No. Did they have to go through a team that was honestly what were they finished third in the NHL in standings? Was it third or fourth? I think, I think the Leafs were fourth overall, but like the, the point stands and then Carolina, who's just always good. And just a defense, just an offensive. When you play the Carolina hurricanes, it's not going to be a high scoring affair. It's going to be, they're going to grind it out. You're, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to, you know, you know, capitalize on the chances they do give you and hope that hope the hell that your goalie makes all the saves he's supposed to make. When you play a team like Carolina, you know, that's just the and way they he are. did. Yeah, he, he did. really did. Oh. Um, and I, I, I look at his, his body of work and it's just like, 
fuck, man. When's the last time you saw a run like this from a goalie? I mean, Vasilevsky's played um, unbelievable, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he was on dynasty-level hockey teams. Not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Florida. But, I mean, look at his supporting cast that he had. It was lines one through four were un- unbelievable. You couldn't find a deeper hockey team. Um, yeah, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of the run Nikolai Hobby Bullen went on with those 04, was 04 Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah, the the OG Torts squad, yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, I I agree. It it is similar because, you know, Hobby was a guy that obviously had a lot of talent, you know, came out of that at the time. I believe they ended up getting him out of San Jose. He was um, he was the Coyotes and, too. And he was with the Coyotes as well and cuz if I'm not mistaken the whole San Jose situation was that they they obviously had Nabokov in his prime, who was a good NHL goalie. Um, and yeah, kind of rose to prominence and had a, a year for the ages. And then his career kind of like he faded off a little bit after that and bounced around the league a little bit. But that year, like that run that the lightning went on with, you know, when you look back on it, a pretty stacked team too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was lights out. He was so, so good. Russia, man, I don't know what it is. Like, Russia is a goalie factory, dude. Like, any yep. if if your team drafts a goalie from Russia, there's probably at least a decent chance they're gonna like be something. I don't know what they're doing over there. Like, I don't know. Um, but they they churn out a lot of quality goaltenders, man. Yep. They really, really do. Yeah. Um I'm looking at Hobby Bullen's career statistics, not to like, you know, go on this deep dive of Nikolai Hobby Bullen, but started in Winnipeg, obviously, and then they transitioned to Phoenix, you know, um, in expand not expansion, but when they moved the moved the team. Tampa Bay for four years, and then he Okay, went so he was never in San Jose. No, no, he wasn't. Chicago for four, Edmonton for three. Actually, I remember Edmonton. Edmonton. Edmonton for four, and then he ended his career. In Chicago, played four games. Uh, one, yeah, played 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 four games and won one out of those four. So yeah, he he started to really slow down. Yep, yep. and uh, you know that again that that run he had with Tampa Bay uh, was 04, correct? It was the 04. He won 28 19 in that season. That's it, uh, league. No, we were talking about Nikolai Hobby Bullen in 04. Ooh, one of the gemstones of goaltending. Yeah. And uh, also we were... also maybe the biggest goaltender in NHL history. And I don't mean body type, I mean well, equipment. He had the hugest pads of all time. He took what JS Jaguar did before they made those rule changes and took it to a whole nother level. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I, he was them. They look like in Hextall, too. They look like Transformers when you look at them now. Oh, oh yeah, a hundred percent. I forget there was a there was a picture of uh, Hextall. It was or was it Garth Snow, the one who got caught? Yeah, Garth Snow, the one you're thinking. Garth Snow, the giant chest protector. Yeah, it goes. Was, oh they, they were, yeah, they were at center ice during warmups or during practice, and you had them sitting next to each other. And Garth Snow looked like, like you said, a transformer. And I forget who it was next to him, but he was just like half his size at his normal size legal equipment. Super funny picture. But. You know what? It's interesting because, like, 
from a non-goalie perspective, Ryan, like and, and seeing the OHL, you remember the import goalie ban, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wish it was fucking two years earlier because uh, Mrazic and Grubauer were, you know, a German and a Czech or Slovak that took, you know, they both got drafted that year and I didn't, uh, even though I had comparable numbers. But my point being is is the, the, the position changes constantly, right? It's fluid. Um, but it, but it's interesting to see, and, and Dwayne and you and I, you and I have talked to this about how how the position's adapting to the way these different goalies play, and into the storyline of the playoffs. What goalie for you guys has stood out the most? Well, we just got done talking about him in length, Bobrovsky. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like we were just talking take, about. Just taking a second to, to slow down and what, like I see the most calm Bobrovsky I've seen in, in years. And there's no wasted movement. He's battling on pucks. He's he's locked in, guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking before you hopped on with us, call. It was, you know, you kind of look at his career, you know, at face value, and it's just like there's no there, there has been a goalie in, in recent memory who's had a year who's had to struggle as much or face adversity as much as he has. The ups, the downs, the struggles. You know, he started this playoffs, he wasn't the starting goalie. Lions yeah. was. Yeah. And then they, he gets well, pulled on. Think about this. When's the last time we had so many goalies that were the starters coming in for their teams and they're no longer the starters, right? So Vegas, yeah. and that might that be leaky because I think Logan Thompson did start the playoffs, right? I can't remember. If I'm not, mista- if I'm not mistaken, he did. And, you know, but he didn't he play hurt. the whole year. He wasn't their guy. No, he, no, no. He, no, so no, there's no. one. And then, um, I mean, Lauren Brassois. Right. Right, Bassois. Also in Vegas. Yeah. Um, Skinner, Campbell in Edmonton, Bobrovsky, Lions, Boston even, well, of course, making the Lions? late switch did to Swayman. fall off the face of the earth after that uh, first two games? Well, yeah, they I just think... pulled – I think they just pulled them and put Bob in to yeah, try and change momentum, and they just could never pull Bob back out. Like, I, Bob yeah, has made it impossible. Yeah, Lions is like perfectly healthy. According, he's just wearing a baseball cap. According to his, uh, according to his, uh, he uh, Logan Thompson did not play any playoffs games, so maybe he was injured going in. Uh, I was thinking of Brassois. Thank you for the correction. Yeah, so uh, my, my main point basically. In, hey, what's so up, boys? How are you, buddy? Earls. Yeah, we had two latecomers into the show today, guys. Uh, Kid Cully and Hurls uh, joining us a little bit late, but that's okay. Um, are we going to be able to do our special guest? Uh, I think so. We'll see. Just, uh, not a long one. He just a quick, quick five minute. Yeah. Well, like again, we're live right now, so we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll message you. I'll message you separately about it in a second. Your call. Um, but because I think I think that he deserves an entire episode personally. Um, Bob or, or Q? Huh? I agree with Quentin. I just I would love to talk to him pre combine because oh, it's in his sure. hometown. He's been training like crazy for that VO2 max. You guys know the test where they have the mask on, you know. Yes, the pedal. Yeah. Yes. And um, I don't know. Dwayne, let me know. I, I don't I don't know if we'll be able to get him on after no, 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 no. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but Hurls, just to catch you up, we've been talking a lot of Bobrovsky here. And the run he's on. Just give us your quick thoughts um, on how well he's played. I know you're just fresh off a long two week trip from Sweden. Uh, you know, well, hopefully, maybe we'll have some time. You can share a story or two. 
But yeah, well, uh, I was uh, I was watching games at like 4 a.m. in Iceland in Sweden. So <laughs> my perspective and my entire internal body clock is a little bit off right now. But what was I it know, worth it? What's that? Was it worth it? It was worth it. Uh, <laughs> I was able to watch the the World Championships at the same time because it was over in, in Latvia. So that was nice. Uh, I saw a lot of that. Um, but in terms of Bobrovsky, the one thing that translates no matter where you are in the world is a goalie that's hot in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. And as inconsistent as he's been, at least in recent years, three to four, three past three to four years, he has found his game again. And he's the guy I think we all knew could be the best goalie in the league with all of the physical talents that he has. And the fact that he's been able to put it together for these past 12 games as consistently as he has, it's remarkable. Um, it's what the, the Panthers needed last season when they were the president's trophy winners. And they probably would have won the cup had they had this with him last year. Uh, but the fact that they got it now, sneaking into the playoffs by two points, um, beating the best team in the regular season in NHL history. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And it's, it's really been incredible to watch. Yeah, it has. Um, and I was trying to think of, of, of the stat that, that correlated that. Um, but for Bobrovsky to come in, like, so it was Tampa Bay won the president's trophy in 2018 and then they won back-to-back cups. Right. Uh, but they didn't win it the year they got it. And then last year, Florida wins the President's Trophy. They don't get it. Um, and who won the cup last year? Uh, last year was Colorado. And guess who won the uh, President's Trophy the year before they won it, right? Like, Yeah, I yeah. That was a neat pattern, right? Washington, like, same thing. Right, and that's only two – right. So four out of the past five had, as President's Trophy winners, were out before the conference championship. And then the next year they come back and are making deep runs. I just thought that was a cool little tidbit I saw. It is neat. Like, and it's, it's strange, you know, moving away, hard to run the table, moving away from Bob. Um, obviously, you know, the big, the big, like the headline of this episode, uh, need, they need, 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 I say less Jack versus Sam. We'll, 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 we'll end the episode and our thoughts about that at, you know, near the end, but obviously, um, you know, Hurls, you haven't been around. You haven't been around, so you didn't get to you know join us in our Toronto, uh, Toronto talk. Um, I kind of posed this in a tweet earlier last, like tweet? last week, last week, or you, of course, Collie. Um, I would just, hey, I would have to ask you, how pumped were you when the Leafs lost? Oh, it's fantastic. It was yeah. great. <laughs> That's all I wanted. Um, I would take Matthew Kachuk. Every single day over at Austin Matthews without even thinking twice about it. And these playoffs are the reason why. Austin Matthews can score 120 points a season. I don't give a shit. He is not a killer. He All does right, not have. You what, if you're, starting a, if you're starting a franchise, Dwayne, who are you picking? McDavid is not on the table. Matthew Kachuk. I agree completely. He is built for the playoffs, and he is a fucking killer. But he's only he, as good as his center, and look what Barkov has done for him. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like Matthews is playing with schmucks on his wings. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta have that. He's not playing with David Bloomquist is what you're you saying. You gotta have that Mamba mentality. You gotta have that MJ cutthroat. I am going to fucking kill you in the paint mentality. And he, Austin Matthews, to this point, has not shown that in the playoffs. Is, it, well, how, is sure, that fair, though? Is that fair? Huh? Is that fair to put on one person? 
Or is this a no, man? No, no, it's not about one guy, but he's your guy. He's your guy. Just like Matthew Kachuk is their guy. I don't think Matthews is the problem. I think them committing $50 million to five fucking players is a fucking serious problem. No, for sure it is. But if you're paying him to be the guy, and if he wants to be paid to be the guy, you need more than one point in three fucking – his last three playoff games or whatever it right. was. Okay. And I – Think about the Montreal series they gave up. He started well in the local series and just fucking fell off the earth. Yeah, but you can't Did do that. Out? Was can't he in that at all, guys? Huh? Was Matthew? Well, yeah. Yeah, he's, he said that wrist problem all year. Um, that's why main That's got to affect him. his release, right? He has well, of, of course. I've ever seen since Bobby and Brett Hall. We're all but, playing hurt. I'm playing hurt. They're all playing hurt. We're all <laughs> oh, playing yeah. hurt. I get no excuses. Fuck them. He's got a torn motivator cough, broken heart. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, just your thoughts on the, the, I will go around the, we'll, we'll start with jury uh, thoughts on the playoff that Matthew Kachuk has had so far. Um, you know, I got it. Is he as important to this run as Bob? I don't think so, but he's a close second. He's a damn close second. Uh, you know, those, he's three game winners. Uh, for them, in, in two back to back overtimers, too. Agre- agreed, agreed. Those are, um, true. but I, I think I, I just don't think they're in their position they are right now without Bob, um, and how well he's played. But your thoughts on Matthew Kachuk and the style of play he, uh, style of player he's been, and just again, how he's been able to be a killer for them. Well, I mean, he's just continued to be exactly who he has been really since junior. I mean, when you go back and you look at, you know, that incredible Memorial Cup run that the London Knights went on that year with uh, a a guy named Mitch Marner running the show. Is this would have been 2016 or 15? Yeah, I believe 15 um, because that was Mitch's draft year. And Uh, Domi Domi was still in the league because he was a rookie my last year. Yep. Yep. 2013. And he played. They were loaded. Yeah. And they had Josh Anderson. And then oh, Olada, they um, were gross. They were they were as stacked a junior team as you're gonna find. And Kachuk no, has just, didn't help either, right? Well, you know they they're always involved. And they come on, Cully, you know that. Uh, but like, look, like he he has been this player since I first watched him when he was 16, 17 years old, like he came in and, and basically everybody, like when I was in media rooms, like people were just laughing, just like, you can completely tell that this is big Walt's kid. Like it's, he's exactly like his dad, uh, just with like a higher town ceiling. And like, that's a crazy thing to say because like, you know, Keith Kachuk was a killer too. Like he is a mean bastard out there and a thousand point score. Like he was a really, really good player. And, and people at that time, even when he first came into the OHL were saying that Matthew was better. And many people would argue Brady is too. Like that, you know, to have one kid continue your legacy and, and if not potentially surpass it, I and, think and, but have two. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but he, he, I agree with what Dwayne said. Like he is, he is almost like your goal. You need the goalie. Like you just need the goalie to be your guy. Like you can't get the 16 wins without somebody making the saves, but we deflect 
but you can make that argument either way, Dwayne, back to both you guys. Like, I, I think it's hard to quantify one or the other. Who's more? Well, important? yeah. Like, is that what you're asking? I mean, like, it, it would be hard to argue that they're not both as important in different ways. Like, somebody has to score, right? Like, you can't win a game 0-0, right? Like, you you do need your big cats up front to put the puck in. Like, you you have to score to win. Now, as great as Bobrovsky's been, I still firmly believe that if they take this all the way, he should win the con Smythe. Um Kachuk, if he did win it, I wouldn't sit here and complain because he's carried the way that he's played since he was a teenager all the way through now and has made incremental improvements every single year. Like he is consistently bothering people on the ice. He walked right into the NHL as an 18 year old and started bothering people on the ice and being such a pest and skill wise has improved his hands his hockey IQ, his vision. The I think his passing is better. Had, oh man. He's in for faceoffs has gotten better when the center is out. So guys, Colley, his board play. It's phenomenal. I've never seen it. It's, it looks, it it's next level. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this guys. He's at 21 points, nine goals, 12 assists in 16 games. If the odds on favorite is Bobrovsky, Connor, Dwayne, like what, what do you, if he's at 21 points right now, let's assume they go to six games. What has he got to get to, Hurls? I mean, probably 30, 30 maybe 31. Um, I was just thinking back to the Jack Eichel trade rumors um, two falls ago. I guess it was November of 2021. The last rumor that came out that was substantiated by multiple reporters before he was eventually traded to the Knights was Kachuk coming over from the Flames to the Sabres. And obviously, Sabres I remember fans, that. we I all remember got that. Was really, really excited. And a lot of us, I think, were in a collective disbelief because we didn't think that could ever be possible. Given the level of player that Kachuk already was, and we all knew what his ceiling could be, what we're seeing right now. But as good as Jack Eichel has been, and this is coming from someone who, as you can talk to any Sabres fan, we all kind of like dislike Jack Eichel now, given what he did going out the door and when he came back. But he's been pretty good these playoffs. He's the Knights' leading goal scorer. They're obviously very deep. So I think he has, what, 16 points in 15 games or 17 points. Point, mm -hmm. point per game player. He's not even close to Matthew Kachuk. And I would argue that he might be on the level of Alex Tuck or maybe a little bit better given his ceiling. I but like the that. fact that was even discussed as a possibility of Kachuk coming to the Sabres for Eichel and other pieces or maybe one for one. I, it just makes me think back to how incredible uh, of a trade that might have NHL been. NHL time trade time machine makes my head swirl when I go back and look at all the what ifs. Dwayne, you weren't here when I asked them. Kachuk is at 21 points right now. Okay. Um, did, I, did I read that right? No. So he's yep. at 21 points, nine goals, 12 assists, and 16 games. What is it going to take for him, point total, to take away Con Smythe from? Bob Roski, assuming the game goes six, I said 30. I think hurls you were right in around there. Okay, low 30s, 30 yeah, or more. Right, I would say right around game. 30, between 30 and 35 total points. And yeah. that includes at least another game winner, maybe something like very significant. I think that might be the thing that tips the scale, right? Yeah, like, exactly. does Bob Roski get a shutout in the deciding game, yep. right? Or, or does this get that third yeah, game? Winner? Games. Yeah, something, something to tip the scales to the point where they wouldn't have won it without him. And right now, I think you it's it's 1A, 1B between the two of the guys. Because like you said, you you need both. 
You need that guy that's a game changer that's going to score and be a pest defensively, and you also need the good goalie, and they have both right now. You guys know the goal that Kachuk has made popular where he gets it on the goal line and he goes between his legs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great at it. I've been teaching goalies, like, how to stop this because kids at younger and younger ages, you know what I mean? Like I got, I got eleven-year-old shooters that are Michiganing and then like and doing this shit. It's like, how do we go about stopping that play, Dwayne? And me and you have gotten into that mechanics of it, but it's fascinating to see guys like Bobrovsky and and and, and the goalies doing well right now. How good they are at adapting and reading plays. Like what? It, what killed Vasilevsky this series? The scouting report that came out from Derek Lalonde that he struggled, he would get into his high stance and not his real st- – and, and they broke it down. I think that was fantastic. But he's also played more hockey, that Tampa Bay team. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. He was essentially played four seasons. How are they were fucking still going, dude? Yeah. I Well, I think getting traffic in front of Vasilevsky was a big part of the downfall of that, that series too. For- so where – where let me ask you this. What the fuck happened, Steve Dangle? Did you guys just forget to go to the front of the net? <laughs> Their traffic was terrible. They kept looking for the timeout. It wasn't terrible. It was inconsistent. When they did it, they scored. And then they'd go right back to that perimeter game. I know they have a ton of skill, but God damn it. Like Zach Hyman is is missed. It almost seemed like the only guy that was going to the net consistently was Ryan O'Reilly. Like looking for the garbage bowl. I still, I love, I love Ryan. Yeah. But. Um, my thoughts, I like I said, my thoughts on Kachuk, I, I kind of, I kind of uh, stated it from the beginning. Um, I'm in love with him. Absolute killer. Um, you know, you know, killer be killed. I guess is the mentality of a guy like Matthew Kachuk. All um, right. Well, you put him and like, Brady in 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 a, in a like a, a tiny rink. Who comes out? Oh, Matt. Matt, because he's bigger, I think. I yeah, like I, I think we forget how good Brady Kachuk is, though. Like, uh, are we like, talking? Are we talking about like who would win one on one, or who's going to come out alive? Let's just ask ourselves this question: When we were playing one on one with our brothers or neighbors or friends, it was a little bit of both, right? Like, who's coming out of there victorious, aka able to walk out on their own accord, but also victorious, right? I think that I that honestly, you know what, I I, I would maybe put a little cheddar down on Brady. Like he, he actually has a couple inches on Matt, if I'm not mistaken. And, and Matt has said numerous times. I feel like, yeah, but, 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 but but Brady can play Matt so much differently with that extra three inch reach. Well, and I just think like, you know, Matt's been on record too, saying that like he, he thinks Brady might actually be a little tougher than him. That's what got me thinking. Like, is that just a brother praising his brother? And See, here's the thing. Here's here's the difference. I think Matt is the brother that you know in in the in in a battle in tight along the wall gives Brady a little elbow in the ribs, and then Brady clubs him over the head. That's that's the difference. I think. I, I think happens, Brady's the I big want, elephant. I want Mike's on the on Walt, Mrs. Kachuk, and their sister when that. Yeah, shit. dude. I I was talking about this the other day. If the NHL gave you an option where you had to prove you were 18, it was on cable, so like, and you could pay like $150 for the season, but you could hear all the on ice mics and all the chirping and swearing, I'd pay a hundred, I'd pay a thousand dollars for that. Yeah, 
Seriously. Yeah. What do you guys think of that idea? How about what was it, Nick Felino in the beginning of the season when he was skating to the box and he goes, well, what do you want me to do? Just uh, beat the fuck out of him next time? <laughs> there are so many good moments. Some of the new refs that they fuck up when they turn on their shit and you'll just hear them, you mother... And then it'll they'll realize it's on. You, I love that shit. Well, I mean, oh, the NHL right. has a pretty pretty horrible issue with transparency. As we discussed, like, wouldn't we all want to hear what goes down um, in the uh, in the dark room in Toronto when they're discussing a disallowed goal yeah. or what their thought process is for why any overturned call? Yeah, why can't we hear that? Why why is there no transparency with that? Um, and I think as mean Dwayne dis- discussed many times before, it's because yep. they don't even know themselves and they would make yeah. themselves look stupid because everybody's disagreeing with each other. Kyle, so, that's a great point. There was I played in one game on Sportsnet Canada. It was the CHL game of the week against Ottawa. We lost in overtime. It went to review because my helmet got knocked off, right? And you, they actually had this new feature at the time, this is 2012, where you could hear, because it ended the game, right? And everybody's standing out there, they're waiting, and you could hear them. And it was such a bullshit line of logic. Well, I had uh, I had a good goal on the ice uh, called, and they're like the, the, the guy upstairs is like, well, yeah, but his helmet was off two seconds before that. She goes, well, we're gonna stick with the call. Like I imagine it's got to be something like that, guys, because there hasn't been any consistency at all. No, it's really yeah. bad. Yeah, you we're definitely want more transparency. We're four smart hockey guys. I'm what? I mean, what's the solution? Do you overhaul the rule book? Do you overhaul how? I don't know, guys. I I think that, you know, we could talk ourselves in circles on so many of these things. Player safety, goal reviews, goalie interference. What is it? What is it not? I think the NHL, you know, really screwed themselves over with, you know, that, that Anaheim-Edmonton series. Uh, I believe it was the first year McDavid got into the playoffs and they went to game seven and Ryan Kessler grabbed onto the goalies pads do you remember that like and and everybody was like surely that's goalie interference oh yeah it counted oh yeah a hundred percent well i just remember the egregious play and and my memory is like well that can't be allowed that's oh i know goaltending works i I said the same thing yeah i I was like it was vicious the goaltender was impeded from playing his position inside his crease that's the definition and recovering and recovering from the initial shock. Remember, the goalie made the initial save, and then Kessler, while he was falling into him, and then Kessler grabs his pad. It was the top of his pad. You can YouTube it. It it was crazy. Right then and there, uh, because that was just after they had rejigged the video review rules, and that play was the cause of it. And right there, Mm -hmm. I was like, we're never going to know what this is or isn't. And I think yeah, in Gary Bettman's NHL, yeah, yeah. we're never gonna we're never gonna have like you know access like that. We're we're just not. Well, let me ask you guys this, okay? I look at a lot of the goalie interference calls that are that are that are happening like in the NHL right now. They wanted more goals, right? And I can also understand wanting to get it right because there was a lacrosse game, a semifinal that the guy stepped in the crease. You can't do that lacrosse game winner overtime. Kind of like our no goal back, back then. I saw that, yeah. Right. So, like, that's that. you don't want that to happen in the spirit of sport. 
Um, I, I think just a little bit more clarity um, and what it means to play your position. Because you guys remember the goal on Freddie Anderson? Maybe it might have been Rata, but it was Carolina, Florida. Okay. And they they, they waved it off um, because I think Verhage drove the net innocently. And, you know, somebody shot it from the point and it went in glove side. Anderson sold it like he couldn't get that push leg up. You guys remember the goal I'm talking about or no? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Yep. That one to me was like he got escorted in, not pushed. Anderson, though, had enough time to recover. That's but the problem. How do you, how do you, with how do you the, quantify that? I well, that's just it, Cully. Like, that's the problem with the subjectivity of it, and why really ultimately I think that the teams that end up winning are able to overcome stuff like that because I, I think ultimately when you leave it up to the subjectivity of a human being. One ref is going to see that as, oh, he clearly interfered with Anderson's ability to play the goal. And another guy like yourself might sit there and be in charge of the call and go, oh, he had plenty of time to recover. I just like, there's no road to perfection here. Like that, that's the problem. Like it's hard in the moment, right? Cause like you look at something, especially if it's against when you your slow team. It down, that's not how the game of hockey was meant to be ref. I know, I, I know. Because now but like that I, one Mississippi after you move the puck that you could get legally hit becomes distorted, right? Like mm -hmm. on these slow it motion replays. It, um, it's one of those things where like it, it's just tough point. because it's not black and white like tennis. The ball was in or the ball was out. Like, right? Like the, there's no controversy in tennis anymore. Like so do we bring the ball was in or it wasn't. Pool? Do we bring back the crease rule? Because the way I'm looking at this, guys, most goalie interference Maybe. calls that they wave back are the skate clipping. You know the pads come together like this? Yep. The mm -hmm. skate yep. clips right here and rotates the goalie, right? Would you agree, Dwayne? I would agree. Yep. The other I'll, case is when them. somebody falls on the goalie, right? Yep. Or well, like they, they bump their arm. And don't allow what? one of their arms to move. Right. But like on, on a play. This is what bothers me. I feel like Anderson could have made that save. I think he got ran into I do and too. Did what a lot of goalies did and sold the contact. But God damn it, you have one job. Stop the puck. Okay. In that moment, Dwayne, can you can you be trying to sell goalie interference? Well, they still have the puck. You can't. You got to be ready for that next save. Yeah. Not like it was a bar down ripper, guys. This was like like middle of the net from fucking the point. You guys remember the goal I'm yeah. talking about, right? I know exactly. I remember what you're talking Might about. Might not have been middle of the net. It may be post in the glove side where he was not there. I don't know. Even still, like, I wonder if there might be credence to potentially, like, bringing some form of the crease rule back because it's like that in international hockey. Like, I don't know what the right answer is, right? I'll, I'll no, but you, you bring like, up a great point. You guys all know the rule over there, right? 100%. Like, and... and you end up in the crease, it's an automatic whistle. Yeah. And and I think I think too, I've always just been of the opinion that barring you making some sort of like obstruction with your stick, if a skater is standing in white ice, because like a lot of goalies, some are more aggressive than others. A lot of goalies will push right up to the edge of the paint to cut I angles down. That's what you should do. Marks last time I played. Yeah. Like guys want to try and cut the angle down. Some are more aggressive. You see a lot 
where a guy will be standing outside of that red barrier line at the yep. edge of the blue paint and a goalie will be right there and and there will be some contact there and the goalie will make it look like he was pushed. I've just always been of the opinion that if a skater is in white ice, and like the, if your skate blade is on that, white ice, yeah, okay, me, if, me, if your skate you blades something. are on white. So I'm going to push the back of your your, your pants to move. Oh, do we, did he go get a blocker? Hey, where's the glove? Where's the glove? You're outside the crease, which is your area, right? Yeah, well, it's supposed to be. I only said a word in like 10 minutes. How long have I been gone for? I just no, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, what is the line that can be drawn if the goalie initiates contact? Which, Dwayne, I know you did. I know I did. Okay, like I, I, and I have no problem line. with that. I have no problem with that. Just I've always been of the opinion if your skate blades are standing on white ice, you're, and you're, you're not you're using good. your stick to impede a goaltender any part of their body, it's a goal to me. And we've well, seen ones called back where, like, they, someone will skate. The they'll push yeah, but, the pat. Yeah. Like, or, but that or also has will to do with the RVH because they're going post leg down and you're leaning on that post. So if you – I tell my forwards, guys, if you see the pucks, you know how sometimes when you're late on the RVH on the wraparound, Dwayne, the puck's mm-hmm. sitting right there in between the skate and the post. Yeah. I'm teaching my forwards, guys, don't, like, go at the puck. But because his weight is all the way on that, it's going in, and his body's coming forward, his legs going in the net. Yeah, yeah. And if that, if the ref can see the puck, here's the other part. I love how the refs have been getting up on the net in tight, even though they could get lose their face with an errant slap shot to make sure the whistles haven't been bad. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Yeah, yeah. I They've been it. a lot more cognizant of it. Um, I think so. I, I thought that was one difference. I didn't, and I, I think never seen them up on the net as much. Well, I think that the the Morgan Riley non goal in the Toronto Florida series. I think I think that a call went out. <laughs> I think a call went out after that, and somebody wearing that mask went into the referee's room oh, and man. said, "Guys." We can't we can't have this level of confusion in the playoffs. I think that Morgan Riley goal. There was a league wide memo after that. You're not wrong. I think so, man. Because no, like I not But uh, Kiprios. Uh, Kiprios yeah, it. yeah. Can't can't hear you too well through that, Cully. Sorry, boys. I'm <laughs> my my parents told Get me. Get back I had in a, the I, lake, Jason. Hey, I I my parents told me I had a great face for podcasting. So fuck you know. At a lad, there you go. Um, no, I agree. It's I don't know. It's too murky. It'll never be perfect, and especially yeah. with Gary Bettman as the commissioner, I, I just wish they'd bring in more smart hockey people. I was, I was just gonna say, Walt like Kachuk, Walt Kachuk for fucking commissioner. What What I was gonna say is like, if a league doesn't know how to properly market their stars in the way that they don't know how to properly market McDavid and even Kachuk, like one of the best things I saw from the NHL in a long time. I don't, I don't even know if they set this up was when Matthew Kachuk went on the uh, inside the NBA set the other night. Love yeah, that. that was so good. Jack and that. Charles Barkley, Barkley too. and Ernie Johnson. And fantastic. for the first time in a long time, you got to know a little bit about who these guys are. Like whoever set that up, that was an incredible idea. Charles Barkley. With, with the cross promotion with the Miami heat in the NBA finals right now. The fact that he was able to sit down on that set 
and have Shaq ask him like, oh, like, are you guys going to have home ice advantage in the first round? And he was like, no, Shaq, like we got into the playoffs by two points. I don't yeah. think we're going to have home ice uh, advantage Shaq, over anybody. We're an eighth seed that only got in because Pittsburgh lost to Columbus. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I Buffalo, had they beaten the Panthers in that game that Levi started, they might have gotten in. Um, Shaq's yeah, that ears are just turning. Well, that was a 2-1 <laughs> game, too. Shaq that, turns into fucking Hextall with the big yeah. game. Um, yeah. I just like – that was that was amazing, and they need to do that more more of that type of thing. But like, if they're how, how of awesome the hurdles is 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 Chuck or Charles Barkley been about hockey? I, I find it so satisfying, and I don't I like basketball, but I'm not an NBA fan. I think they're soft, and I love when Shaq and Barkley call them out for being soft. Like yeah, I um I was uh, Barkley's uh, like two hour spit and chicklets interview on the way back um, on my flight back yesterday. It was really amazing. But that's the thing. Like, there's such big stars like Charles Barkley, Shaq. That's the most popular studio program in the United States, probably Canada. I mean, depends on how uh, big basketball is there. But I'm just saying that, like, if they can't properly market their stars in Asia, how do you expect them to come to a consensus on rulings like this? The fucking Why? NFL doesn't even know what a catch is. Do you expect Gary Bettman to properly define what goal interference is? There's no way it's ever going to happen, and it's really frustrating. For all of us that actually care about the game and know about the game, I think the four of us could sit into a room, sit into a room for two days, and come out with a better consensus that a lot of people would agree on than the people that are currently constructing it. So it's, I know there'd be a lot of coming in that hotel room. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> gross, dude. This episode has gone completely off the rails, but I agree with you, Kat, uh, Hurls. Um, I'm staying in the lobby. <laughs> I'm not even in the hotel. I'm I'm not the I, I don't remember Windsor games. No. I'm big uh, on personal space, guys. I don't know. I just hey, I just want to read a book and go to bed. When was your first year in the O? My first year covering the O? 2015. Oh, so the anti-hazing was already signed in. But um, I was the last yeah. year to, that didn't have to sign that. Sorry, go ahead, Dwayne. But to, to, to piggyback off Connor's statements about the Matthew Kachuk interview with NBA Live, like that was so phenomenally done for me as a hockey fan. The only yeah. way that could have been better is if when he got up on uh, up to the desk, he had a giant lip in his mouth and a spitter. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd have been great. <laughs> that'd have been great. Yeah, like, like, you really want to bring hockey culture yeah. and just like. Just got, just got a giant lip in, just ripped his lip on a horse, Dwayne. No, I said, do you want him on a cowboy hoist like uh, John Wayne riding up with a big fat shoe in? No, it's illegal. It's illegal for uh, the NHL to market tobacco with any of its. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they've really cracked. Same with baseball, they they both cracked down on that. I think my favorite moments the current players like endorsing alcohol. Either. No, no, no. Yeah, they they've really cracked Big down on that. Big difference in sports. Hockey doesn't allow. I'm not kidding, Dwayne. I know you're not. Oh kidding. yeah, I'm just that. I'm not saying that 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 should have happened. I'm just saying that's the only way that could have been better. Is if Kachuk it would have been funny. I think my favorite moment that that Chuck has had two of them really. The the one I think it was in the second round where they were doing. Uh, it might have even been the first round when they were doing the Buck series when Miami put them out. And they asked him something about what he thought of the first half, and he was like, "I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not even watching it. I'm 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 not. I'm watching this hockey game right now. Like <laughs> he's like, this ba- this basketball game sucks. Yeah. Like I'm watching hockey on my phone. I was like, first of all, that's great. Yeah. And and the other one, the other night when Florida made the Cup final, 
and he was like, I got, I got to tell you guys, man, this Sergey Babovka, Sergey <laughs> Babovka is, I was like, whoa, somebody. Sergey Babovka, was it like, uh, what was that one movie, B- Borat? that's exactly what he said all right well i I, I wonder if he did it on purpose dwayne dwayne wait hey this is a gift for me to you i was doing cleaning it's a signed dominic hatchet card i appreciate that bud whoa burn it in the fire right now sorry i'm just kidding i love you um Um, anyways um (laughs) moving on uh what can we do our cup picks or is that at the end we can do that at the end, dude. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to get this done before midnight. Honestly, go oh, go. I'll shut up. Uh, but anyways, uh, obviously world championships. Uh, Canada took home gold. Jury, congratulations. Hey, uh, hey, couple clicks for Latvia. Latvia taking home bronze, and then former teammate of mine, Andres Terence, was there. Yep. There you go. Um, but uh, obviously. A lot, a great showing in the in the in the in the uh, gold medal game for the Buffalo Sabers. You had JJ Paterka, Jack Quinn, Peyton Krabs. Uh, Levi, even though he didn't start for Team Canada, he was involved. Um, am I missing any names? Uh, I think that's it. No, yeah. I want yeah. to ask you guys this: Dwayne and I were talking about why Levi didn't play. Now, listen, it's a good sign that even before he signed pro last year, they took him right. And Eddie Pasquale played in the Olympics. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. Mm. I played against Eddie Pasquale. He was in Saginaw, Drewers. Um, That's right. And he was a high pick because he was a big guy. But I'm like, how are they not playing Levi? Like, it's not even close talent-wise. And Pasquale's 34. He's at the end of his career. But you know what? Hockey Canada, we're not there yet as USA Hockey. We're closer than we've ever been. But they are the gold standard. And with this tournament being at the end of the season, well, where certain players can't play in it, right? I think it's good that Levi's been there. I just don't know if you're the coaching staff. They won gold. I can't doubt them. Why not give them more than one, Dwayne? I I agree. Uh, I mean, on the international stage, he's really shown out. You go back to his – When he really really took – uh, Hockey Canada by storm in the World Junior Championships. Even making that team, he was yeah, he was he was a long team. shot. He was a long shot to make that team. He, and he was, made it he and he showed out because a major junior goalie in the Quebec League got hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he showed out. Best stole the starting job. Uh, stole the starting job and showed out and had one of the to this day. Uh, one of the what are you fucking doing? I got I haven't eaten all day. You know what? Just fire me. God damn it. I see I'm right muting now. you. You're muted. Um, <laughs> I muted him. I, uh, he's got to be muted for the moment. Um, like <laughs> around the there's like so around much the horn. going on on that screen. He's I can't keep a thought. Like you're like Tony, like Tony Reale, and uh, he's an around the horn contestant that just he literally, <laughs> literally, he's been muted. Anyways, uh, I agree. I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more Levi. Again, you can't fault them. They won gold, you know. <laughs> But they tend to they tend to go with more veteran guys in that tournament yeah. in in that like they, you know it's one of those tournaments where like you kind of take who you can get in terms of who shows up because that was a team of like grinders right I mean like yeah. Toffoli probably the highest point getter on that team Bedard declined to go but Fantilli did go so you know I like Fantilli's I, it, reasoning too 
It yeah, wasn't yeah. about just wanting to win a gold medal. It was about getting it around players that at the pro level and taking in on he he specifically said away from the rink. He wanted to take in as much as he could away from the rink from these guys. Yeah, he's going to uh, be a really good player. Like it's yeah. all about Bedard, I get it, but like Fantilli is a a, a steal. Like I, I can tell you that the Kitchener Rangers really tried to get him to come up to the OHL. Yeah. Um but but he wanted to go the NCAA route, obviously, and uh, it worked out for him. I mean, he's a Hobie Baker winner. Um, he's going to be a hell of a player. But I think that that's why Levi didn't play more. They they went with the more veteran guy. Montembeau got on a heater. And, I mean, you know, he's a, arguably the MVP of the tournament. Yeah. Levi's going to get his due, man. Like, he, he is going to, you know, work his way. I think he has the talent base to be – a starting Olympian. Hopefully the NHL goes back to the Olympics. It's a joke that yep. they're not there. Um, and, and many other, well, hopefully for Sabres fans, not many other world championships. Hopefully he's yeah. busy over the next couple Aprils and Mays. That's what Mays. I wanted to ask you but, guys. Do you know that a lot of times. you off mute? I did, but I, I just <laughs> want to say a lot of the times the world championship isn't up to the player guys. Yeah, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like we have like a Family Guy situation going on here. Is is Cully Meg right now? Yes, definitely <laughs> Meg. Um, I think we all know they they sure as hell would have beaten Norway if if Devin Levi played. Yeah, um, yeah. Whoever, yeah. Whoever, whoever, that, whoever that whoever that guy was in that, I personally have never heard of him. Joel but, Hofer or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, Wait, who was the third goalie? Joel Hofer. Yeah. Joel yeah, Hofer. Yeah. Joel from the uh, WHL. He played in the OHL not too long ago, right? Yeah, I just his shootout performance, whatever was going on in his mind was was fairly embarrassing. And seeing what we saw from Levi in shootouts, even in the seven game sample that he played for the Sabres, like that was a stark difference. Um, I know there's some level of seniority that goes on in these things, and the World Championship is obviously a more veteran a more veteran tournament, and there's well, not for Team USA. Yeah, they I mean, exactly. I mean, they, they far, put together right? the best they team they possibly could have. They put the best team they possibly could have. And, well, I mean, not possibly, but they still lost the last. The only reason we lost is because Casey DeSmith, who was my backup at U18s, was our starter. You know, I'm just saying. Now, I mean, he's going to make it about the real story. He was the backup. Here's my question to you guys. Um, and it slipped my head already. God damn it. He's got Chipotle brain boys. Like that. I While he thinks that JJ Paterka's performance at yeah. the championships was outstanding. Was great. I mean, e- great. easy decision to make, uh, name him forward of the tournament. Um, yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think he broke, he, he, set, he set international German uh, hockey fran- uh, a record for most points in that tournament, I believe. Yeah, eclipsing even the the likes of Leon Drysdale. Um, not comparing not, not it to like deal. he's gonna be Drysdale, but like look, that's that's the company he's in. Um, and the goal in the semis, that goal he had in the finals. I mean, granted, that was a save that you know uh, he should have had. Don't matter. Don't matter. But he's, he's but whatever. He put on that when he wasn't expecting it. Yep. And uh, again, it was uh, a phenomenal showing from JJ Paterka. Um, pretty much all anyone representing the Buffalo Sabers, you know, right, you know, Levi only had one game. One? He went one and zero. You know, you had Jack Quinn and uh, Peyton Krebs both had phenomenal tournaments. 
And then to be led by the likes of uh, J.J. Paterka was, again, a, as a Sabres fan, as a breath of fresh air. And it was a great reason to watch. Did yeah, you guys I mean, know even, even Alex Tuck, too, he was great. So, yep. I mean, I think we all knew Alex Tuck was going to be good. Awesome. But to see him play for the U.S. for the first time in, the, in a while and perform the way that he did, I think and that all – In 89 jersey, too. Yeah, and that I think that all gives us, like, a little bit of consolation going into these finals, watching Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that the deal that we made, obviously Peyton Krebs there too, and the first rounder, like that still is a very good and game. O'Reilly's trade brought us Ryan Johnson. We got to talk about Johnson, guys. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about him and signing. Um, but right. yeah, just I'll mute myself. <laughs> but real quick, I'll mute myself. Everybody, everybody's thoughts on the world championships. Uh, did you watch? Did you enjoy it? any uh what you took from it we'll start with jury i i like that cully just coined his own i'll hang up and listen line that was really (laughs) cool um i yeah i i thought it was cool like i mean i it's always a tournament worth your time to watch like there's plenty of good players and and like we've talked about despite levi not getting more games um there's always young players that go that are you know, part of the next generation that are definitely worth t- tuning into as well. I thought Paterka was hands down the best player at the tournament. Um, do you remember I- Germany? I'm sorry, Juris. Do you remember Jury or, or Germany like three years ago at the U20 tournament? Four years ago? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could see it then, and we're seeing the same thing with the Slovaks now. Well, so yeah, Slovakia, like they they have to be given a lot of credit, you know, with uh, obviously Mashar coming through, guys like that. They they did that whole code orange thing, where they essentially tried to mimic what the U.S. national team. Right? Yes, yes, they they was better than what they had. Well, because their 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 hockey system there, they're a country of what three or four million people. Like they yeah. don't have the infrastructure that we do over here, and it was so splintered that you had good players all over the place, but they weren't necessarily getting the kind you of opportunities. Eligible to- Let him talk. You had draft eligible seventeen year olds. Interrupt everybody. I'm gonna ring a fucking bell every time you fucking. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave the show, but. Jurors, you evaluate these kids in their draft year outside of Matthews that year. How do you evaluate them when they're playing against men and playing reduced roles? There, dude, there's the number one hardest question for European scouts, right? Is how are you supposed to get like a good line on what these guys are actually capable of doing when, you know, for instance, in a country like Russia or Sweden? It's very veteran heavy. How are you supposed to evaluate what a kid is going to be able to do in the NHL as a potential high-end pick when they play nine to 11 minutes a night? Maybe even some power play. Minutes. Maybe even six. Depends on the team. It, like Ted If Pera. you're in Russia, yeah, dude. Like you're like Matt V. Mitchkov. I mean, when he was playing pro and even go back, Malkin, Kuznetsov, all those guys, like their first couple of years in the K, like they were not play well. Malkin was playing in the Super League. It was even the worse. Super then. League. Hey, do you the remember Super the Super League, dude? Remember the quote with him and Crosby about who would who would go out last? And then yeah, and it, two years and Super like, League. I have rank, and then uh, Malkin's like, no, three years Super League. And that's <laughs> three years Super League, dude. Crosby story, Malkin. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess 
he te- he did technically play pro for the for the Oil Barons over there. I don't there. know. I think if I was Sydney, I would have brought that to Kangaroo Court because the Super League. I'm pretty sure had people killed. There was some, a lot of Russian gas going on. You had some owners that were doing some unsavory things. And, well, they still do. It's yeah, Russia. Let's be honest. I'm not going to make any direct quotes because I fear for my family. Um, <laughs> I know, but I'm serious. Dude. So, well, first of all, you know, Sid would never do that. Sid's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, Sid doesn't care. Well, his girlfriend's have... perfect, too. His wife. Oh, of course. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, his public life doesn't exist. He's a I'll tell you a story. We were, we, on an old show I did, we had Nathan Parrott on. Remember Nathan Parrott? He was a really tough guy, most famously with, with the Leafs for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. He, at the end, he's a firefighter now. Uh, not far away from where I live. He went over to play in Russia uh, when it was still the Super League after his NHL career ended. He went over there. They promised him, I think, like 900,000 US cash to come play. And the season was already halfway over. So he goes over. He gets half the money up front. Yeah. Goes over there, starts nine. playing. Every week, a guy in a tracksuit would come around the locker room and hand everybody a brown paper bag full of cash, cash, American cash, not rubles. And they would have to run to the, yeah, like a Chipotle bag, like what Cully has. And they, I don't know if they have Chipotle in Russia. And then they'd have to run to the bank and put it away, right? So I heard stories guys would practice with their fucking wads of hundreds tucked into their gitch. They would do that. The Russian guys. So, because people would be hanging around the rink and like would steal yeah, it if they you know ever left it. Is. Absolutely. The run by the mob. The security is the fucking KGB or the whatever they call it now. E, well, yeah, the KGB still thing. They, no, I know that, they, was, that, was, that was political. I just meant that some of these teams and their owners, they run it like there's no, there's no fucking Gary Bettman over there, right? No, Lennon no, no. Who no. the commissioner of that league? Seriously. And it's I, scary. I Mitch think Sergey Fedorov is now, actually, now that you mention it. That's I sad. think Fedorov is. But anyway, he's over there, and on the note of getting stuff stolen, it's almost the playoffs. He wants to come home. He's homesick. Goes in the locker room. His passport's gone. Someone stole his passport. He's like, I just want to come home. So the owner's basically like, well, you can't leave. And he's like, you know, screw that. I, like, I'm leaving. He gets all of his equipment sneaks out of like this housing they keep you in like a housing estate it's, there's a russian word for it it's like an army barrack i think it's like a daca or yeah, something like that I, something like that something yeah you're close yeah so he gets out of there forced, and just forced, goes to the to watch, airport you're forced to watch putin's uh alumni league highlights dude where maybe you are i don't know army barracks and we're talking like I don't want to say torture, but like extreme training and Dude. for no reason, like these people they live crazy stuff over there. So anyway, he breaks out, he goes to the airport. He gets like a taxi driver to take him to the airport and he gets there. And obviously like he has no passport. 
He has no proof he's a Canadian citizen. And the Russian army are there and they're like, well, we can't let you out of the country. Like, you know, we don't really know what to do. His agent had booked him a flight. He has a ticket, but he's got no passport. So well, he yeah, said, so he be an agent of war, right? They don't know. Well, yeah, they, they don't know. So what he did, equipment that might be a he just, giveaway. Well, he's got his hockey bag. So he puts it down in the middle of the airport terminal in Moscow and just lays down on his hockey bag and starts crying. And they let him go on the plane and let him go home. They were Who like, look this? at this guy. Who was this? It was Nathan Parrott. Oh, wow. What One of the toughest move. guys ever. And he's just like, I didn't know what to do. So I just sat down and cried and they let me get on the plane. <laughs> when in Russia and you're in a tough situation in an airport, lay on your hockey bag with your stick and cry. Cry like a baby. <laughs> just like, you know, there was no other, there was no other way. Um, but yeah, man, like I've heard a lot of wild war stories from over there. But to yeah. your point, like, yeah, it's hard to scout guys over there because like it, well, when it, is a Michigan lot of them coming? don't get ice. Where would you guys draft them, guys? It goes it goes Bedard Fantilli, right? Yeah. For sure. Earl, and where, I mean, I, I saw going? especially when I was over in Sweden. I mean, they're a little biased over there, but Leo Carlson had yeah, a hell of a tournament. He's a top five pick. He had I think he go, I think he goes third. And I, there were people at least pushing for him to potentially go number two. And that wasn't just people in Sweden. That's Was that before I've heard that too. Yeah. Out. So I think, I, I don't think it's out of the question that Carlson could go to, but likely it's probably going to be Fantilli. Who so has the with you guys? Uh, isn't it, isn't it Arizona? It's the last it's Arizona? Arizona league. No. Or is uh, it Columbus? The, the draft Columbus is in Nashville this year, right? Or no? No, I'm asking who has the first or the second pick. Oh, I think it's Anaheim. Yeah, so my point is, where does Mitchkoff go here, guys? I mean, I've, I've seen mock drafts where he falls to like eight or nine. And what's that's your, coming here. That's, guess? I mean, I would say he's given his talent level. I think it's probably top five. Um, I, I, I would I would think so. I mean, he's been. Well, there's no doubt his talent level is top five. It's, it just becomes the Kaprizov or yeah. uh, Benarin thing, right? Yeah. And now you add a fucking war into the mix. Exactly. Um, you'd hope Blaine, that they, they Blaine, could figure it out. Dwayne got the Ghostbusters called the go. There's something weird. And Dwayne is gone. <laughs> I, he's Where do you a, got Michigan going? He's a he's a mercurial guy, Mitch Cobb, and it, like he's just kind of quietly goes about his business. I quietly am hoping because obviously the Russia factor is even more enhanced now because of the realities that the world is in. I am quietly hoping, and I think that this is a reality. And I've I've actually had a few whispers from people that think this is what's going to happen. My Washington Capitals have the eighth overall pick. Yeah. I am quietly hoping that he falls. If to there's eight. anybody that can expedite a visa and get him out of that contract with CSKA, it is Mr. Ovechkin. Yeah, um, exactly. He's over there I mean, right now. Like, would they would they trade up to get him? Do you think? Like, do, oh, yeah. do they have? If they, do they, they have a the sign and and trade like sign and and, and agreement? Well, no, I'm saying I like trade have... up in the draft. Just in, like I, I think wishing him wishing for him to. I fall don't think to they'll eight. have to. You don't think so? You think he actually falls to eight? Yeah, I think there's an opportunity there because, like, I'm looking. I'm no, looking right what now. If they, what if a team like that, Jurors, realizes that jumps a team, 
that we don't even have on the board. I'm talking about San Jose. They pick early. And yeah. get this, Greer is the type of guy that knows this isn't going to happen over one year. Like yeah, they're going to be I, bad for another two years. So, like, the, he makes sense for a team like that. What do you guys think there? I agree. They need talent really badly. It just, I guess it depends on what Greer and the scouting staff there think they need more. Like, do they want to go after one of these more, I guess, for lack of a better word, solid options at center? There's a lot of good centers in this draft. Like, are they more of a fence? I know from Hamburg. Yes. Yes. But is there is there a guy like are they more on the track of wanting a Benson or are they going to try and target one of the defensemen? That would be the thing. So when I does think the run on defensemen start because I feel like that plays a big role in what we could do in a possible trade up or trade down. I think trade. around that eight, I remember, nine, I remember, ten. I remember when this started as, "Hey, everybody, give your thoughts on the World Championships." So we'll move on to the next, and it went from that. Yeah, well, so if I get him all, Canada's really good. Canada's really good. <laughs> Canada's really good. The Capitals are going to draft Mitch Cobb because, of course, they are, and I'll be happy. Like, and we got a new head coach. That's I would my say, thoughts. In terms of draft talk, I would say this is my thoughts. This is very similar to the McDavid Eichel draft in terms of uh, first prize and runner-up. I like, yeah, Fantilli, very Eichel. similar. Because Fantilli had a very Eichel-like season this year when Eichel played that at one that first year is at, at BU. It was at Boston University, that. right? He was a Terrier? No, he was at University of Minnesota, wasn't he? Fair no, no, Eichel? he played in Boston. Oh, yeah, and I was thinking of Ryan Johnson. Sorry. Eichel was at, Eichel was at well, Boston. I, <laughs> they won the bean pot, did they not? I They won the bean pot. No, Northeastern. Did Eichel not lead them to a bean no, pot? He, Northeastern won it this year. I, he's talking of the year Eichel played in it. Oh, uh, I don't Michael, know. Michael, 100%. I, I, on the I honestly team, think he might have not won anything there besides the Hobie. Huh. I could have swore, no, swore right. he did win the bean pot, though, because remember, there was the viral video of him going, Buffalo, I'm coming. And he did the chug. I swear to God, that was after the bean pot. I could be wrong. So Buffalo, what I'm year was he you. drafted, Dwayne? Huh? 2015. 2015. So it would have been the 2015 bean pot. Let me. Let, I'll Google it just for. I'm doing it Dwayne, right now. take well, take us somewhere. Yeah, all right, guys. Uh, well, yeah, no, you're right. They that, Ryan over Northeastern. Ryan Johnson signs his uh, two-year entry-level contract with the Buffalo Sabers. Better late than never. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think he was going to sign there for a minute. Um, I thought we we're going to get the consolation second-round pick. Um, but your thoughts on it? I'll start with you, Hurls. Um. You know, where do you see him sliding into this team next year? Does he start the NHL? Is he in the AHL? Like, where where do you see him? I think we're all pretty surprised, right? Like, as yeah. as we discussed, um, from his perspective, looking at the construction of the Sabres defense right now, like, he does not have much of an opportunity on the first or second power play unit for the next five to ten years with Dowling in power. So he's looking at it from a perspective like, all right, what role am I going to have on this team? And if he reaches his potential, which I all th- which I think based upon what we've seen from him in college from a playmaking ability, I do think he could be a very solid top four defenseman. And even in a pinch or if he really reaches his potential, he could be on that second power play unit. Um, but, yeah, I, I think probably starting him in the AHL is a good idea, especially if the Sabres go out 
and get a defenseman in free agency or a trade like I think we're all hoping or expecting them to. So I think maybe start him in the AHL, see how he does, see how he translates to the pro game, and then go from there. Um, but having too many talented offensive defensemen with pay- playmaking ability, and he can also defend, obviously, like it's a good problem to have. Like you can do so many different things with this lineup now, and it's something the Sabres haven't had in a really long time. So the fact that they're able yeah. to sign him, I think, is a win. And you let the chips fall where they may, but I think starting well, Rochester, yeah, we got right. What's that, Connor? Like the way I look at it, remember when uh, we lost um, the goalie for the Kings, the lefty, Cal Peterson. Uh, Cal Peterson, yeah, yeah. Fuck mm. that dude. Um, and I'm happy he's back in the A. And I hate to talk ill of goalies, but that's what the hockey guys do to you. And isn't it ironic that Cal Peterson crumbles as soon as Devin Levi gets signed? Feel it, buddy. Secondly, I, I think I just wanted to like pipe in on that where I, I'm all for Levi. I want to see what he has to do. But, Dwayne, I will shut up now and let you finish the show. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I, like the, I, I, just like you, Earls, I was surprised that he signed. I, I thought for sure that we we're going to – end up with a second round pick the what the what do they call that the consolation pick essentially or whatever it's called or a consolation yeah the first pick of the second round 31st it was the first pick it was last pick of the first round he was he was the he was the guy we got in the orion o'reilly deal he was the first round pick uh, guys i like him does he fit in though as the right-handed guy we're looking for oh piggyback well after what hurls just said i don't know if he I mean, I don't know if you start him in that spot. I don't know. Like, I, I think that you have That's a what lot training camp's for, huh? So training camp. Well, I mean, I prefer. I would prefer to see him start in the AHL and work his way into the in the into the pro lineup. Fair enough. Do you give him eight games in the show? Do you give him two? You got nine. I guess that depends there. on his camp, right? right. Like, That's where I was going with that. So like nobody's if, ever been hurt by more AHL seasoning. No, not, no one's no, Remember, it was the I was just signed with him with the Ice Dogs. He got hurt, checked from behind in his ninth game in St. Louis. They were sending him back, and he stayed in St. Louis to get medical treatment. So mm-hmm. that's the only time it went more than that. But technically, it wasn't more than nine games. All right, yeah. um, real quick uh, on the Johnson thing, he's older because he spent his four years at college, right? I I think that he's a holdover from the last regime, but I think Kevin Adams getting this deal done and expressing to his camp early on, because it got leaked that they told him what last month they wanted him right after the championship. Mm-hmm. They said, we want to sign you. You guys didn't see that article. I did. So it was reported and, and they've been working on it. Even if we end up trading him, it's better than the Cal Peterson alternative. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And and I think I think honestly, him signing even with the things that Hurls pointed out, where there is a lot of talented defensemen that play the style of game he plays on this roster already. The fact that he wanted to sign speaks volumes about the the shift in culture and the perception of young players in the college ranks in particular around the Sabres. 
Like there's a lot of positivity and a lot of envious eyeballs from other scouting departments around the league on what Buffalo has in the cupboard. And I think it speaks volumes that he still, even with a challenge in front of him, knowing there's a lot of guys ahead of me that play like me on the step chart. I still want to sign here. That's that, positive. Yeah. That belief in yourself as a player is such yeah. a real. You love that too. You yeah. love that too. Right. Uh, not to mention that he's was coached by one of the best in all of college hockey. Um, and you know what? You look, he, he lost his last game of college hockey, right? What the fuck else is going to make you more hungry to go earn a goddamn roster spot, right? Like, I, I I'm, I'm going to leave it at I think it's a great signing, guys. I want to mention one more thing. Um, Jack Quinn, Payne Krebs, um, and Alex Tuck, they were all on Canada along with Levi. Well, Tuck USA. Tuck was team yeah, sorry, USA. Tuck USA. Um, out of all those players, I think Tuck, we're going to take out of this, but let's go Krabs and Quinn. Who has the more upside right now, guys? Let's just say we were able to bring in the perfect fit, whether it was that, you know, top line, deep pair, right-handed shot. What prospect is out? Would it be Savoy? Would it be Krabs? Would it be Quinn? Because that's where I get interested in. Because if this team's close, if it shows that they're competitive, Kevin's going to go out and bring in a guy. What bothers me is Montour is the, one of the best defensemen playing right now. And I'm not saying in the league, but right now, you guys agree? Yeah. Well, sure, yeah. of course. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, he make exactly. our right I'm side look a lot better? better. Yeah. Montour would obviously be amazing. Um, I guess to answer your question, I think the highest upside is still Jack Quinn, just with his goal scoring and playmaking ability. I think he can, reach another, I think he can reach another level next year. Just in terms Me of too. his presence with the puck this season, you saw it in the slot towards the end of the year and some of the oh, goals he scored. The end of the year, those plays, it was yeah. unbelievable. Um, he was really, really good. I think J uh, JJ can reach another level too, but I don't think he has that skill. I don't think he has that next level playmaking ability. He's going right. to be a very – he's more of a Dylan Cousins type. And Let I me ask you this. I look, I look at Paterka as his ceiling or his the highest he could get as like a second line center on, on, on a good team, probably on a Stanley cup winning team, that third line player. Yeah, for sure. And like, he's, he's got a high motor. He's one of the fastest players in the league. Um, you've, you've seen what he's able to do. He's Obviously he can create, too. He can create he's chances for himself because of his, his, his great will. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. You know how dry kind of plays his own style of game. Yeah. Do not feel like, and I'm not just using the German connection. I feel like Paterka, and it comes from um, Mike Pekka's quotes. Remember those, Dwayne? Yeah. And he really pumped up Paterka before we even knew him, right? And now you look at Coolidge. He's, guys, he's in the National League next year. Am I wrong? Absolutely. But Ocposo just signed a deal. Yeah, I mean, I think. Who's out, guys? I mean, probably Gergensen's. Uh, if I had to guess, yeah, this is probably gone. I think Olsen's traded at the draft. Yeah, yeah, Greg, yeah. I, I agree, sure. but it's 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 skewed because of the talent level on Team Germany. JJ stuck out big time. You look at Canada; it's hard for a guy like uh, Jack Quinn to stick out among, I don't know, twelve first round picks, twelve second round. You know what I mean? Yeah, Wayne, you're looking at me like I just fucking punched your dog. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, didn't mean to take I, I would say I, I would say Jack Quinn for me has the most upside. Uh, to to agree with Hurls, 
I think that he has 40 goals score written all over him. Um, his ability to finish plays is unbelievable in the shootout. Um, Did play just, winger and center? Pardon? Remember when you inter- you interviewed Turney, his coach at Ottawa? Yep. Now, we, I we interviewed him, yes. That, but I, I watched that episode. One of the things that sticks out to me, this is before we drafted him, and, and his, just his ability to, to be slippery, um, yep. evading coverage. Agreed, and I think yeah. that's one thing that Matthews and Marner do really well is it might look like they're looping out of the play, but then they're coming back in with speed and finding that honey hole, right? I Agreed. see a lot of Ryan Quinn, and I like it a lot. I yeah. like it a lot. And I think there's going to be a lot of competition for a roster spot on this team next year. You got Kulik, you know, as as Greg here brings up, Kulik, Rusek, uh, even Rosine. You know, he's not going to make the team, but I think he's going to – he's going to, you know – I with, would – I would put him as our 13th forward over a fucking veteran schmelt that fucking we'll, we'll possibly see. Uh, again, moving, moving away from that, obviously, uh, I don't know if you guys have kept up on it. Uh, Rochester trails Hershey in the, uh, what the fuck happened last night, Dwayne gave up three goals, three on goals. On period. What it was two nothing. What happened? To the Hershey bears, uh, down three games to one. Uh, they score three goals and three unanswered goals in the third period. Was it three or did they get score four? Was it up four to two? Four, I think four. Yes, yeah, so they got an empty netter. Yeah, How empty did netter. It happen? I, I I changed it over to the NHL game at like twelve minute mark. I'm like, we got this. Even well, though the, Hershey was playing the better game, the Hershey Bears are just better than them. That's really what it all comes down to. It's that Washington Capitals drafting. That's uh, Connor McMichael. That thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's more more to be desired from Malcolm Subban in that. That's part not of that. after last game. He was the best player on the ice. Time out, time out. Sorry, not the last third, the last the third period. Don't focus on the result. Focus on the process. Did he keep us in that game where we got thoroughly outplayed? I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't think they lost the because of him. I know they didn't lose because I'm just talking about the series as a whole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't comment. I haven't seen a little, a little bit more to be desired from Malcolm Subban. It's not his fault they're in a three-one hole. But... Who's our backup, Hauser? Yeah, is it Brick Hauser? I think, I think it is Michael Brick Hauser. Yeah. Biggest Hauser. neck in the league. Biggest neck in the league. Uh, <laughs> He's got the skinniest ankles in the league. Might, he might, but no, uh, I know. He, yeah. he was born with like, like they're like this big. Kulik, Kulik isn't creating offense what right move? now. What a guy. Kulik isn't yeah. creating offense right now. I think he's, you know, they're relying on him too much to be on a goal score. I think he needs to find uh, find his way to the net a little bit more and maybe take attention away from other players because of how good he is. Does coming to the NHL help with that, Dwayne? I don't know. We'll see. Well, you just I, been playing with better players, right? Well, yeah, but I would I would say that, you know, I shouldn't say that you want him to do- – he's dominated at the AHL level. I'd love to see him in a bottom six role, and if he earns more, great. If not, send him back. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't think he starts in the NHL next year, but I think he's the first guy called up without a doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. barring- There's no rush. Yeah, yeah there really isn't. You have, you have a wealth There's of so much talent. They, there's no rush riches. here. But – yeah. Um, to uh, Greg's point, you know he could very mo- he, very, he could very well take Olafson's spot in the second unit. I don't, I don't think Olafson wants to be here anymore. 
Well, I mean, he was scratched during the most important part of the season at the end of the year. For yeah, I think that's a marriage. That's that. Our, he was, he was most successful with what coaches. Yeah, so. But I, I don't know. Other but yeah, I mean, uh, they're down three games to one. Not looking good for the Rochester Americans. They played tonight uh, or no? Have you guys? Have you guys? I know. I know. Jury. I know. You. You, you pay a little bit of attention to Hershey for for obvious reasons, but because they're you guys one of the coolest teams ever. What? Do you guys still do the biggest teddy bear toss in Hershey? I don't know if they have the world record anymore or not. They did I for think... a while, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, the, the, the teddy bear toss the Hershey Bears. Yeah, they yeah they do the teddy the, the teddy bear toss. What yeah. like for a seven thousand seat arena? They get like thirty thousand bears. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, they it's, it's a big deal. Beyond. It's a big deal for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a big teddy bear toss guy because I uh, got scored. Well, of course, and I got hit with teddy bears. It looks like Hurls is a little bit delirious. He mentioned to me earlier he's still on Iceland time, so he's just like, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm nine hours ahead right now. I appreciate uh, this you guy's, through it. You're this guy's still warrior. in Reykjavik right now. Yeah, I seriously am. Uh, I, but, I like the uh, shirt, though, buddy. I like the shirt. Yeah, about. check this out. I got it from our uh, friends over at Justition. I don't know if you can see the back. Oh, hell yeah. That's pretty sick. That's badass. Yeah, the boys I, uh, at Justition coming through hot. Yeah, they released like it recently, that. and uh, I ordered play? it and came back to it just yesterday. So I'm pretty. Oh, Master Levi. Yeah, Master Levi. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Like Can we become cartoon characters and wear the same outfit every day? Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Think about Doug. I, I, Doug I love the Animaniacs. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> Anyways, uh, obviously, I mean, have you kept up on that at all, Harold? I mean, not really. I've been trying to follow along. Um, I was interested to see how Savoy would do. Uh, obviously, pointless in, in two games. I haven't watched, but I guess I'm just I'm playing to you guys now because I normally don't watch the AHL playoffs, but I really haven't had the opportunity to at all since I've been away. But um, I guess I'm just wondering, like, in his probably limited limited amount of playing time, like, how has he looked? Like, has he looked like he's fit in? Does he look out of place? Like, in terms of his say, game, aside from the he's looked out of place, but it obviously, and they made a good a point about this on the radio uh, earlier today. Um, you know, the jump from junior to the AHL is much bigger than the jump from the AHL to the NHL. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think you're starting, you see that in Savoy a little bit where he dominated in junior. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been a tough transition so far for him for uh, the to, to, at the AHL level in the pros. Do you think it's like – do you think it's a size issue? Um, because I, he dominated down the stretch this season in the well, from Greg, what Greg here says is Savoy was put on the wrong line for what he is as a player. Um, yeah, I mean, I think size in – you know, with your first go at the pro level, it's going to be an issue. I mean – what guy his size who's been had the comparisons to, to, to guys like Danny Briere, you're, you're going to have the issue, you know, the adjustment of size where guys are playing you much tougher uh, where maybe, you know, well, you got game. away with things in junior that you're just not. Gonna yeah. Yeah. In the league. So you're, you're not, you're not going to be able to squirm, change your game. You're, you're not going to be able to squirm your way out of things as easily at, at the AHL as you were in WHL. But guys, doesn't that make you like Paterka and Kulik even more that they're fucking men that they're, they're young. like, I don't know about you, 
Go back to um, well, cool his, his last goal. No, Paterka's goal in in against Canada. He gets he gets a turnover. He he steps right into his forehand, right hand shot. The goalie should have had it, but the release was so quick. Like that's a big boy play. That's a fucking forced turnover because of a good F two angle reading the play coming off of a change, and getting the puck, settling it. It's in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, um, why, I agree with that. Why, yeah. guys, why wasn't Paterka picked higher? Ryan, maybe you could tell us. COVID. Oh, that, wow. that, that COVID. actually probably because honestly is. He didn't get to play in his U18s and U20. Yeah, COVID that, sure. that hurt Wait. a lot of guys. We're going to look back, I think, on the last couple draft classes because of COVID and different circumstances. Some it's leagues it. played, some leagues yeah. didn't. And we're going to go, how'd that guy get drafted in the fourth round? Like it that's going to happen a lot. started trickling down into NCAA, yeah. USHL, because there's guys that should be Absolutely. Out at Maine that, uh, well, our other goalie is taking his fifth year. So you're going to stay in Des Moines. The kid Des Moines drafted that's, you know, a 2006. Well, now he's going to the N.A. And that kid, the N.A. is going to get sent back to the NCDC. And, but you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel terrible for these kids. And it's only yeah, going to end in, in a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 2007s are the first year that are not going to have to deal with this fucking bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to our last topic, obviously, uh, the biggest – of the episode hooters what i thought we were sponsored by you hooters. got don't tell me that you've got an uber eats on the way after no. the chipotle oh i misunderstood <laughs> on the show i thought this episode was brought to you by hooters i, I wish I, I don't know Dwayne. i don't know what me. he just said i have no idea what he just said i thought Checks this in the episode mail? was was maybe represented by hooters not no no this episode not brought to you by hooters Damn it. I'm I wish sorry. it was. I'm going to mute myself. Overrate, I wish overrated it was. It'd be probably spot, a big paycheck. Super overrated. Overrated place. Yeah. Wings like, aren't good. I wasn't I, looking at the wings. I'd rather anyways, go. Anyways. Anywhere. Uh, anywhere. I was eight years old. The big the big topic uh, of the episode, obviously the title of it is Jack Eichel versus Sam Reinhart. Um, which is a nightmare scenario for fans here in Buffalo because they were both Together, they rode in on a on a, on a you what is it a uh, uh, a, t- a tandem bicycle a tandem bike a tandem yeah bike mm, in the Buffalo bike. and they, they drove they out with a tandem bicycle with line bars for their noses. Sorry, Jack. That's that's great. <laughs> hey, I'm not, dude. I'm this is I know I'm not just, information. I'm sorry. All right. Anyways, they were supposed to be the answer. Um, I love Sam. And they were supposed to they they were supposed to um, lead us to the promised land, break the playoff drought. You know the hype around Jack Eichel. You saw the amount of fans that showed up for training camp just to see him play for the first time. Sam Reinhart taken second overall in the Aaron Eckblad, Sam Bennett, uh, Leon Drysdale draft. Drysdale um, going four guys. I know. And uh, you know your guys thoughts on this, because again, I've gotten one tweet in the 20, almost 24 hours since they clinched their finals berth. Uh, and I thought I'd be dealing with a lot more with how much I've sewered Jack Eichel over the last 365 days. 
Um, Let me ask you know, this. I, it's an absolute nightmare scenario for sure. But will there ever be a time where we can look at the look at Jack Eichel's success and be okay with it? No, because of the never game vanished. Is- you know, never welcome back. See you later. Smell you later. And how do we how do we take this this season he's had this playoffs playoffs he has face value and what is it going to be like if here in Buffalo if Vegas does come out on top and win a Stanley Cup and the likely scenario of Jack Eichel winning the Conn Smythe is that's ah, obviously Ryan O'Reilly Marsha Show I like Stone I like Petrangelo there's a bunch yeah. of guys. I think Jack. Hold on, let me ask you this: there. Who's more hated, uh, Reinhardt or Eichel? Like obviously, Eichel. Eichel. noticed that Sam, although he was good with Jack, is immediately turned himself into a like. He's going to get a three million dollar raise, guys. I mean, I, I would I would argue that Reinhardt is like somewhat beloved among Sabres fans. I, yeah, and I agree. He'd be welcome, he'd be welcome he, back with open arms. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like he, yeah. He, and you know he, why? Yeah, Reinhardt would be welcome back with open arms. Because Sam wasn't a dick. Sam took time out of his day to do things that pro hockey players do. Here's what did it for me. There's two stories I'll share really quick. Uh, back home in, in, in Tewksbury, Massachusetts, near where Jack lives, there was a, like a Boston, like a lot of the pros and college kids play. And like, just like the FHL here at the Harbor Center, right? So a lot of kids come and watch and there's a designated, they let in 20 kids to get autographs. Jack fucking rushed right through, ended up bumping into a girl that was either on crutches or in a wheelchair. She fell. He just kept going. Listen, I'm not saying smears. This is firsthand accounts with evidence. You know what gets me guys on channel two, four and seven, even the sports reporters are starting to, Maybe not on air, but it's starting to get put out in the public what Jack did. I've never heard that story personally. Um, what? The whole, I've never did heard you that hear one. that he did a commercial with Josh Allen, and Josh Allen told the Bagulas, I don't ever want to do anything with no, that yeah, again. We all know that. We all heard that one. It, was, it wasn't It was a commercial. It was like a, well, you, a YouTube, like thing. a YouTube sit down with the two of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did like an appearance. Jack did, apparently Jack Josh didn't really add much to the conversation. Else? Not to my knowledge, anyway. And what? I get that Jack's, I said, has Josh ever said that to anybody else? I mean, I don't know. Like I don't know how real. Ever. I don't know how true that was. I mean, I'm not going to say for sure it was true. I have no idea. I wasn't in the room. That yeah, the only that. three I people that know that. The only people that know that are Jack Eichel, Josh Allen, and you know whoever it was spoken to, mm. ownership or management. Um, but to to get back to back to the point, um, what will the fan reaction here be like? I know what my reaction is going to be like. I'm going to fucking dig a hole and hide in it for six months until the Sabre season starts. I'm going to go but up into the rafters instead of a sniper's what, nest. What will the fit? What will the fan reaction be if Jack Eichel does hoist the cup and win the consmite? Jury, we'll start with you. Like in general across the hockey world, or specifically or in Buffalo? Buffalo? Oh, bad, bad. It'll be bad. Um, And for good reason, like, look, I mean, kind of off the back of what Cully said, like there's the difference between the two guys, right? Like Reinhardt wasn't uh, 
Samson, baby. You know, I, I just it. I just thought that like Jack on the way out didn't need to be so snotty, you know. Aaron and and I, I think she dicky. Let him. Yeah, say. like he he just kind of like he just played it the wrong way, and I think he's gonna learn a lesson from that, or at least you hope he would, because yeah. it, it just wasn't really necessary at all. And and I think that um, because of that, the reaction will be poor. Now, at the end of the day, I think that the Sabres are on a really positive trajectory with, you know, the assets that were acquired for him of being a big part of that. But yeah, like it won't be good. Like I can't imagine people in the city are going to be like fired up. Guys. Well, well, the O'Reilly thing is a little different. Without the hate, you're right. Yeah, I don't get the sense, as much as I love Ryan O'Reilly as a player and he's a difference maker and he's a great player, I don't get the sense that the vitriol would be anywhere near the same because Jack was supposed to be like a cornerstone. He was Guys, we don't even need to win this lottery and we're going to get a generational player. That's kind of what I mean. David is a generational player. Jack Eichel is a perennial all-star. There's a big fucking difference. Yeah. Right? Well, well, yeah. And, and, and the thing with, with, with that draft, too, was I think it started off on a, on a bad foot to begin with because of Tim Murray's comments after they lost the draft lottery. Tim Murray was fucked so bad with those little fucking, you know, like the, the reporters wouldn't even ask him, like, dangerous questions, and he would, like, fuck himself up. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. It was embarrassing to watch the Sabres. Uh, like the press conferences. Yeah, he he didn't do himself a lot of favors, old Timmy there. Like and and yeah, it but he did get us Ryan Johnson, eh, Bob? So well, yeah, he did. Hey, he can did. I get everybody's cup predictions before I gotta go? Um, I'm going Florida and six. All right, and the tiebreaker being uh Con Smythe winner. Uh Bob Bob gets the uh the Con Smythe for Florida. Um, I it, it'd be close between him and Kachuk, but I think you gotta Bob give it uh, I, was, I was also gonna say Florida in six, and I do believe Kachuk rises to the occasion, um, given the way that he's played and the type of guy he is, the type of personality he is, and I think he does enough to get it. I really do. Um, I think it's it's not rare that a goalie gets it, and especially the way Bob has played, but I think the NHL is gonna cater at least throw a line out into the middle of the ocean and try to hopefully market their stars a little bit better. And I think if, 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 if it's a toss up, if it's a toss up and that would obviously mean a very impactful series for Matthew Kachuk, if it's a toss up, I think they, uh, they give it to him. No, your point about what's more marketable for the league. Let's be honest. It ain't the fucking Russian goalie. That's 35. It's fucking Matthew Kachuk. For sure, for sure. And they need to do a lot better job about that. So, yeah, I think I think Florida in six or seven, but I'm really excited. I, I haven't been this excited for a cup finals as I have in a long time. I think these are two. Well, it's a nice re- change of pace. Yeah, really nice good, really deep teams. It's going to be entertaining. Um, a lot well, of talent, last- good goaltending. Uh, it's everything you can want. Good goaltending. What happened to Ottinger, guys? I mean, uh, I think it it wasn't just a uh, Jake Ottinger. No, it was a defensive collapse. But yeah. in game three and well, timeout. And game two, when he makes a save he usually makes, they win that game instead of going to overtime with 15 seconds left. Mm-hmm. 
Game three, he got pulled. He never keep in mind he never lost back to back starts. Then that happened, and he got pulled again. And Scott Wedgwood, uh, former nemesis of mine from the Plymouth fucking Whalers, fuck them, fuck you, Tom Wilson. Um, <laughs> fuck you. Guys. That's Stanley Cup champion Tom Wilson. Well, you know what? Right. I love Tom. We uh, we we we'd go so hard against each other on the ice, but you know how it's the new USA Hockey Arena, right where Plymouth was. You know where mm. the buses pull in. So I'd always pass Tom getting on the bus and we'd shake hands, even though he just gave me like three stitches every game. Uh, but he no, he was that. a competitor. I respect that. Well, I will say I think uh, I think Vegas is going to win this in five. I think that the fairy tale is going to run uh, be over, and I just think they're deeper. I think that they're better defensively, and they're just on a heater. Like they they no, they don't have Kachuk, but they've got a bunch of guys down the lineup that I just think are such good two way hockey players that have managed to stifle and overcome some of the best offensive players in the league including McDavid and Dreisaitl, who had big points against them. Yes, they did. But who came out on top of that series when it mattered most? It was the Vegas Golden Knights. And they stifled a Dallas team that went on another great run. And they kept Jason Robertson off the board for the most part. They stifled Rupe Hintz, who at the current time is the score well, that like, look, they're they're just so deep and such a well coached team. Bruce Cassidy deserves a lot of credit. I think it's Vegas in five. That said, I still think Bob wins the con Smythe. That is cool. I like that. that. Hasn't been win, done since and then before that, yeah. And I, I think that speaks to what type of team Vegas is, right? Like as you said, like they're so deep and they have so many guys that are producing at a point per game pace or just under there. Like how about Keegan Colasar? Dude, like that's what I'm talking yeah, about. They got all these guys. Fucking, I'd have him yeah. over Olafson right now. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, like that's the thing. Unless like one of these guys really, really goes off like, on the, it's Eichel or Stone or March or so. Like, you'd be hard pressed to like pick any one of them, especially if it's like a pretty tight series and there's no, there's nothing that's like super impactful. So yeah, I, guys, I like that call a lot. I, I would love to see the losing goalie win. Um, that would be a. A, a nice click for I think all it's the goals three everywhere. Times or four times. Uh, J.S. Jaguar. It's happened twice. It's happened twice where a losing player in the Stanley Cup final won the Conn Smythe. J.S. Jaguar in 2003 when they lost it's to the Devils, the Anaheim Ducks. And, and Ron Hextall in the yeah. 1987 Stanley Cup final when Philly lost to the Edmonton Oilers. All right. Can I ask oh, you guys one only last, two times? Can I ask you one last question? Sure. I want Florida to win, okay? I really do. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. And and I I want it to go to seven games, and I think I hope it does because that gives us more free hockey. Um, and this question is is kind of two prong. You look at what Bruce Cassidy has been able to do after doing it a long time in Boston, right? And you look at Jim Montgomery, who did he win the Jack Adams? They haven't announced that yet. I mean, I think if you break the all-time points record, you get the Jack Adams, right? I think he probably will. But, like, my point being is, look at that. Like, one guy's got his team playing the best hockey in their fucking fifth year of existence. They've been to more Stanley Cups than we have. And probably another 10 team. You know what I mean? So, what Has Buffalo happened to two cup finals? Has yeah, Buffalo not been to two cup finals? Yeah, yeah. 1975 and 99. Yeah. 
So the same. But your yeah. po- I see your point. Well, I, I guess my 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 big point is what has Cassidy done that 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 Montgomery couldn't do? And again, guys, are we going to see a shift in the way that I'm not saying we're going to do load management like basketball, the NBA, but we've proven now three times in a row that the President's Cup trophy winner wins the next year when they don't win again, you know? How much of that is is making sure your guys are right? You know what I mean by that? Like, we used to get measured in at 19% body fat. I'm like, that's way too high. They're like, wait till you see what you are at Christmas. And I was at like 11. I'm like, what? And and by the end of the season, it was seven. It's like, I lost 12% of body. Like, that's crazy. But like, that's nothing compared to what these guys are going through. You guys ever thought about it that way? Yeah, I think that's the magic question, right? In in really any sport, especially a contact sport, how do you keep guys feeling optimal throughout a run like this? I mean, every guy's different. That's the challenge, right? And I think that any good coach, all the greatest coaches of all time Brady across any too. sport, they read they they're able to read the room and know when guys need a break cuz no athlete no real competitor is going to go yeah i want to come out of the lineup and sit generally yeah, you got to go to them and say hey give it to that guy let him take my fucking contract too and then he can fuck my sorry yeah yeah like it, it it's one of those things where you got to have the wherewithal along with your staff to kind of sit a guy down and say hey i think this would be important if we sat you down for a week or so so I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Cassidy's obviously caught lightning in a bottle and, uh, kudos to him for doing that. Yeah, I was, I, uh, guys, I, I had a blast doing this with you today. Um, we're going to let you guys know about the Quint Musty episode. Um, keep in mind local Hamburg kid first, uh, Hamburg guy to get drafted first overall to the OHL, um, came back from injury this year, had over 40 points in his last 35 games. They lost in the first round where Quentin had a point in every game. They got swept by the Peterborough Peets, who are now in the Memorial Cup. Last question. Did anybody see the Peterborough Peets down 8 to nothing against Kamloops with 16 minutes left to go in the second? Yeah, it was uh, one of the worst beatdowns. Yeah, it was one of the worst beatdowns in CHL history. It's uh, not looking good, and they're playing literally. I think as we speak right I now, thought, they got to win tonight. I think they doesn't Peterborough need like a bunch of things to happen to even make the the tie tiebreaker game. Well, they got to win tonight and then win their third game. So yeah, they got to, and they're going to rely on well, other people getting blown out. Yeah. Oh, are they? Okay, then, yeah. Seattle, and then they got punked by Camelot. You're right. You're right. Yeah. uh, Yeah, they're probably done. They need to win tonight and get help. Yep. Sorry, I was just asking if you guys watched any Mem Cup. I I didn't catch it, but. For those of you guys that are bored, check out NHL Network Memorial Cup Hockey. I know everybody hates the OHL on the show, besides me and jerseys. But you know what? Like, keep the league alive. Go Spitz. Yeah. Uh, with that and being said, on. guys, remember this has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on Georgia Boulevard. Uh, don't haste. Go buy a case. Tell them the guys from Two Goalies when Mike sent you. Uh, Hurls, uh, Jury, and Holly, as always, been a pleasure. And don't uh, forget about Hooters. They may or may not have 
definitely not. They definitely the don't sponsor the show. Well, <laughs> but um, you're, you're going to get us sued. With that and Cody's going to jail for defamation. This has been uh, episode 125 of Two Goalies, One Mike's. Uh, signing off. You guys have a killer week, and we'll talk to you later on. See ya. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.